Inspiration Atlas. And it's my absolute pleasure to be speaking to this wonderfully creatively talented young person. Please introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Ray Black. I am a singer, I'm a songwriter, I'm from South East London, I'm also an actress and business owner as well, multi-hyphenate and them things. <laughs> yeah. Yay, I've been having this conversation about being a multi-hyphenate because our generation says entrepreneur and I was at the launch of J2K's hyphenate trainers and they, were, they had actually had, had a discussion about how the difference between, between being a multi-hyphenate and entrepreneur and the kind of differences in that and I'm being an old auntie like no there's no difference it is what it is what's the difference what is the difference but there were some conversations about being multi-hyphenate doesn't limit you to feel like you had to really focus on one thing and know all the things and I don't know if that's the same but I don't know how you feel between being an entrepreneur and a multi-hyphenate just because you mentioned multi-hyphenate I don't know if there's a difference to me I guess entrepreneur sounds like it's particularly business focused multi-hyphenate sounds like you do a myriad of things but it kind of feels a bit more like you're in the creative space mm. and also I feel like multi-hyphenate sounds like oh I just I vibe and I just have different talents and I just move around whereas entrepreneur feels like right like you got peas in it <laughs> but this is the conversation that was coming out and I'm sitting there admit, like I was like hold on hold on this feels uncomfortable like what do you not mean but yeah. the more it's explained I'm figuring it I'm like okay cool I get it it's interesting. It's very interesting. So you're multi-hyphenate. Can you describe your life right now, like in a word or a sentence? Gosh, transitional. Ooh. Yeah, I'd say I'd use transitional. I feel like I'm transitioning in different areas of my life, particularly when it comes to my career. I guess now people are knowing me as an actress and knowing that that's part of, you know, what I do. And I'm just like transitioning more into the TV and film space, but like in different areas and transitioning as a person into like a grown adult. It's my birthday recently. And I'm like, oh, I'm, a, I'm an adult adult now. <laughs> well, first of all, happy belated. Thank you. And then how old are you? 30 and thriving. Still a baby and you look like you're four, so it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, actually, I also had a conversation because about black women specifically, that thing about us not cracking. Wherever I go, I'm like, oh my god, you don't look like you're in your forties. I'm like, yeah. yes, woman, I got you know, grown so, up. You're in your forties. I'm in my forties. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know that. No, it's fine. I get that all the time. But then we have we my friends and I were having this conversation about the imposition of people saying black don't crack because if you start cracking as a black person it's like what failure have you failed what happened malfunction <laughs> malfunctioning you've committed a grave sin <laughs> how dare you break the code but um you don't look 30 but and that's that's a compliment but it shouldn't <laughs> be do you know what I mean no no words yeah 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 but thank but, you but um so you're transitioning you're now in your 30s and thriving yeah. you're evolving are you evolving out of music or I wouldn't say out of music, but I'm just, I feel like I'm involved, I'm evolving my musical career into a, a different space. So for the most part of my career, I was just writing music for myself um, and releasing my own projects. And a lot of people who, well, if you write your own songs, they write songs for other people. But that's something that I didn't really have an interest in just because it's a real skill that I, to be honest, didn't care to <laughs> brush up on because it's different writing your own songs and going into someone else's world and trying to give them exactly what they want. And as an artist, I know how picky artists can be. And I'm like, I ain't got time for all of that telling me I want a song that's a bit hot, but a bit R&B, but drill, but classical, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But now... 
that's a space I'm entering into more. Prior to working on the music on this TV show, Champion, I had done the lead track for a film called Rocks. That's incredible. If anyone's not seen it, make sure you watch it. And that kind of opened this up for me and made me feel like, okay, maybe I don't particularly want to write songs for other artists, but I want to write it for TV and film, you know. And so I'm going more in that direction. And now I'm a bit more interested in writing for other artists. So I'd say I'm involving in that space. And also in terms of how I want to release my own music. I think the traditional way of doing things is so dated now. It's just time to take advantage of where we are now, content and social media and all of that stuff. And just, you don't, there are no more rules. You can just make up your own. So yeah, I'm, I'm evolving as a, as a music artist as well in terms of how I do my own thing. And speaking of evolution, before we get into champion, that evolution and that taking control of how you release your music and that kind of ownership space how does one sustain and maintain financially when there is such an open source kind of playing field where people just release music when they want but then where you're not in quotes protected by management pushing sales pushing ads pushing marketing you're like a one person hyphenate trying to do it all how is that easier versus the old school way and what are you learning in that space since you've been since you started to now I don't think either ways are easier or harder. I just think it's about what you get more peace and joy from or what you want your career to look like. I think it's I'm learning it's really important to define what success looks like for you. And going down the traditional way, you could feel like you're missing out on doing your own thing. So like, for instance, releasing music as an artist, it would be like, three or four singles leading into an album and you'd release each single nowadays with maybe about like a four to, to six week gap and you'd wait for it to have an impact on radio on streaming blah 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 because you want to build up anticipation for the album but maybe you as an artist feel like I don't enjoy that kind of process and actually I want my fans not to just digest singles and to wait to see what pops and then they only know that song maybe you just want to give the whole album or maybe you actually don't want to make an album you just want to make a really short like three song piece for people to to live with so I think it's just about doing what you feel comfortable with and what you think will nourish you the most and I think for me that way of doing things the more traditional way of doing things as an artist who's like a lot more creative and really into visuals I just don't think serves me anymore and I guess the challenge of either sides would be if you were doing things the traditional route you might feel like restricted and feel like you're not being creative enough or you're put into a box but then if you go the other way you might think that oh would would things be more successful would things look different if I followed what everybody else was doing so I think both ways of doing things are risky and when it comes to financially as you mentioned I feel like as a creative (laughs) like we all know it's until you're like there you're you're always thinking about your finances and the next check and whatnot but in the music space I fortunately I think there's multiple ways to make money if you don't want to be kind of the traditional artist some artists they maybe like obscure music that's not so palatable to everybody but they also do sync work which is music for those that don't know that's for tv films adverts that sort of thing and they make music that's actually outside of what their natural palette is and they make money from that because the adverts be paying so (laughs) yeah in that space of you evolving in your music and stuff this rolling champion comes along how did it find you and why were you like yeah man I'm about to 
break into this acting gig thing? So Champion found me because I was approached to do the music first, actually. Um, and initially it was just like a couple of songs. And when I read the script, I really just fell in love with it. I think I fell in love with the, the characters mainly. I really loved Honey. So from just reading it and making the music, I really, really wanted to star in it, to be mm. honest. Because I felt like this is the sort of show that I'd like to have had, you know, when I was like an aspiring artist or just like in your team, that, that's the sort of show I would have loved to have had to be able to watch and be inspired by. And so I felt like this is going to be something that is a culturally significant moment that I'd love to be a part of. And also like the script's great. Then I was asked if I'd like to audition. And that's how that then came about after a couple of auditions. But Funny enough, before lockdown, I had decided that I wanted to go back into acting because a lot of people don't know it's something I was doing before music. And so I went back to my old acting school identity and was trying to juggle like music life and going to classes every week. And it was really, really challenging. But I'm so glad I did because I feel like it gave me the confidence and the knowledge to like be prepared now for this opportunity. Was your first creative interest in acting before music and how did, when did, music start to bubble through? So it was simultaneous because I fell in love with music visually because I was a music video kid. Oh yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> you know, like MTV Bass, I grew up on MTV Bass. Yeah. For me, music was so attached to a visual and in the videos back then, people were acting, like you get a little bit of dialogue, storylines, like effects, all of that stuff. And so, when I imagined myself being an artist, I wanted to sing, but I also wanted to perform and make visuals like that. To be honest, because at the time we only had MTV Bass until like Channel U started becoming Channel U. The idea of really becoming like an international artist was ridiculous. In school at the time, when I, I was doing drama in school, my drama teacher, he was like, everyone else is doing this for a joke, but you take this really seriously. <laughs> so I think you should do this. So he started like sending me auditions to go to. And that became more of my focus at the time because it felt more real because I was actually going to auditions and meeting these casting directors. And I got casted in something that I eventually had to like give up. But that was my focus at the time because it felt more tangible. Give me one of your favourite music videos from back in the day that really stood out for you. Oh, I'm going to have to say Buster Rhymes and Janet Jackson. Oh. Um, what's it going to be? It gonna be? Sorry. <laughs> what's it, what's it going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because the, they morph into... I think that's a Hype Williams video. He Hype Williams was the best back then. I loved how they, like, transitioned from water to mm. solid. Oh, it was just an amazing video. That and I'd say Mariah Carey's Honey video. That was fun. You know, the way, yeah, she's, like, kidnapped. <laughs> In a nice little bodysuit. Oh, you know what I mean? Jumps into the ocean like Ariel. <laughs> so tell us about Honey, how you brought it to life. You identified with her in the script, but yeah. what once you got the yes, your honey, how did you work with Candice and just to bring her to life and but then put your own Ray spin on her? Honey is, she plays Vita's best friend. Vita is, um, I was going to call her an aspiring artist, but she isn't really. She is her brother's backbone. And Honey's an aspiring artist who wants to bring her friend in along on the journey because she sees that she's super talented. And they go on that journey together. And unfortunately, it causes friction because people see Vita's light. She shines a bit brighter in a particular moment. And then because of that, they go at loggerheads. And I fell in love with Honey's character because I really really love how tenacious she is and that's something that I really identify with having been in the music industry I understand how much tenacity you have to have otherwise you're just not gonna make it 
even when you think you're making it, you need to consistently have that energy, that drive to keep going, to keep pushing, to want more and know how to not take no for an answer. And I love that about her throughout her whole storyline. She's just like, she's even when she can't get a break, she's like, I'm not giving anyone else a break. I'm going to make it happen for myself by fire, by force. And so I really wanted to bring that energy into her character where any, you kind of see that light in her eyes, any opportunity she has to shine. Someone says there's a chance to sing. She's just there. She's so energetic. She sees an opportunity to be in a girl band, something she never imagined she'd do. She's like, yep, everything, yep. But me personally, I have that energy internally. It's not really something I express outwardly. Maybe I'm a bit more like calm in how I appear, but I had to shift a little bit and bring that like, I guess like young and naive energy that she has because she just she thinks she's gonna be Beyonce tomorrow do you know what I mean I mean some of the things that Honey did I was like girl relax <laughs> um, but I get the hunger because when she well, listen everyone should have watched it by now so spoiler a bit if you, <laughs> you should have watched all the champion binge period. Watch it period anyway but that kind of switch like when she brought Vita into the studio yeah. He is unaware. But and these are the things I'm like, and you know, this is what gets you mad in TV shows. Like, why are you so vexed, honey? You brought her in. She didn't know she was gonna shine. But, yeah. So in those some of those moments, did you have a conversation about how these would go? What kind of especially between girls, because there's that never-ending thing that girls just can't get along and they're always in competition. Yeah, how did you figure those skirmishes out to make them real? Because I was annoyed. I was like, yeah, I can see how that could happen, but I still <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I just think it's really human. What I love about acting is really just about humanity and having empathy for for humans and human emotions. And we've all experienced jealousy, disappointment, wanting something. And so it's just about bringing that to it. And that scenario of feeling unseen. I think is something that everyone has felt in one way or the other. So it was just about bringing that energy. I guess because I played Honey, I can really empathise with her in a way that clearly people on Twitter can't. (laughs) But I understood her frustration because nobody in that room wanted it more than her in that studio. And so to feel like an opportunity that you thought was gonna bust you tomorrow, suddenly snatched away from you. And for your friend who you fought for, to even be here and fight for anyways to not do the same for you is to me wild like say something <laughs> you know what I mean it makes perfect sense but the, the big woman has been like girls just talk it out like girls <laughs> just pick up the phone no 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 don't be stubborn <laughs> but that's also what gives great energy great tv the fact that people are vexed with honey ray is like yeah. you did a good job and you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. well done for that because i believed honey i was like i wanted to listen just go and talk to your yeah. friends so but in that with the whole being unseen and definitely with the conversation in the uk industry music industry for black girls especially like yeah. how we're how i say we like i'm an artist but how black women are seen portrayed what they have to do to even get the spotlight, especially in the UK. Mm. Were in those moments of bringing Honey to life and acting out these moments, were there any bits that kind of really touched too close to the bone? Were they a bit like emotional moments? Guys, this is too close. I've got to take a moment out. The whole thing was triggering. The (laughs) whole thing. I was saying this to Candice actually, like working on Champion, just reading the whole script, there were bits that were really triggering because of course, like, moments are dramatized but 
um, at the crux of the points that are being touched on or the commentary, all of those things are real and they really do happen. Like artists do really have meetings with their record labels and are being made to feel like they are just objects that people can twist and turn like a Rubik's cube. What if we turn you this way? What if we turn you that way and make this, make this song, this will be a smash, just do this, come on. Like that happens all the time. And that's the point of a record label because the point is to exploit an artist, to exploit the music, to make money from it, however, which way they can. And so that moment where Bosco is in the meeting with his label and they're saying to him, oh my God, we couldn't have galvanized the team this much by you going to prison. You should make a song called, you should make a song called Locked Up. It sounds so wild. And of course, like that might not be the exact language they would use, but that scenario is absolutely real. And as you said, being a black woman in the music industry, it's absolutely real that you would have to fight and fight and fight and fight and be 10 times as good to be seen and to get an opportunity. Because the thing about Honey's character is at no point is anybody like, you're dead. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is a talking point. She can clearly sing, she can write music, she can perform, she's a hard worker. So what is it? And that is the issue that we face as black women. It's like, okay, this person's talented, hardworking, make good music, but what is stopping this? And it's like, oh, we can't, this invisible thing that just can't be race. (laughs) What is it? Yeah. I hear that. In all of that, what were the hardest moments in champion for you and how did you how did you resolve them like what kind of moments were like okay I'm struggling with this whether it was just even an acting bit or storyline or something I would say two things so one would be letting go because at certain points I think I struggled to let go because I know that people know me as an artist and sometimes people are a bit ignorant like you know you watch a show yeah and like now that person's on the street and people were like you I hate you. (laughs) People really associate a character with a person's real life. And like Honey's, like I said, she's such a go-getter and she's going to do whatever it takes to get what she wants. And when she goes on tour with Bosco and she gives that performance, I, the directors were like, you have to go for it. Like literally, Yemi was like, give me everything and everything that is not Ray Black. And in that moment, I knew it was going to, feel embarrassing do you know what I mean to now like I'm crawling on the floor twerking on all fours I was doing a lot the edit makes it look kinder to be honest but the actual performance of it in front of loads of people it felt a bit embarrassing but I had to go for it and I had to let go and I would say I found that a bit of a struggle because I thought I don't want people to think is this how Ray Black performs or is this who she is and then I realized this is ridiculous like it's a character and I want to give the best performance that this character would give. So I have to let go and feel comfortable stepping into her shoes. So I'd say there was that. And honestly, I think like some of it being triggering, like as a creative, successful or not, like even the most successful people still experience rejection and it leaves some scars, you know what I mean? Along the way, experiencing so much rejection and Honey goes through all of that. So genuinely, I found some moments triggering the scene where honey goes back to lorenzo's to perform i felt the emotion in real time i had to do this walk down a street back in ends actually we shot that like not too far from my mom's house and um yeah and i walked down and i paused in front of lorenzo's and it's basically like 
<clears throat> having all of these dreams and and watching them crash and burn and also being so close to tasting that fruit of your labor and it suddenly being snatched away from you is really, really heartbreaking. And I know what it feels like to feel like you're on the verge of having something and then it being taken away or just getting constant rejection. It can be quite painful. So in those moments, I really felt the emotion because it kind of brought up my old wounds. How did you, in the moment, get on with it and then afterwards get rid of it? I chose to use it. In fact, I think I had to hold back a bit so that Lorenzo scene, I really was welling up and I tried to hold back a bit because I was like, okay, it's not that sort of scene, but it's about feeling the energy, but you don't necessarily have to cry, but I really felt like crying in that moment. So I just, I channeled all of that into the character and then letting go of it. I, I think I struggled with that to be honest, but I had to like remind myself, this is not my life. I am a successful artist. I'm blessed. I'm favored. Like, you know what I mean? Life is good. All of that. And just, yeah, remember that. And, and even if all of the rejection I have had has brought me to this moment and I'll have more yeses and I'll have more no's, you know, it's life. Okay. So this quick fire, kind of quick fire getting to know you. Are you living the dream or is there more to do? Oh, this is really timely, you know? There's always more to do, but I am, I definitely am living the dream. I just need to enjoy the dream. What's made you sad, mad and glad this week? Oh, I'm not going to go into it too much. What made me mad is seeing people's response to Tory Lane sentencing with Megan Thee Stallion. That's made me very, 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 very angry. What's made me sad is the same thing. <laughs> That's made me very, 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 very sad. And what's made me glad... Do you know what was made me glad is actually celebrating my birthday. It's kind of gone now, but I guess it was a part of this week-ish because just feeling love, like being around loved ones and receiving love, like in a condensed moment, yeah. feels really, really nice. Yeah. That's lovely. Okay, so what are you watching right now? Do you know what? The other day I was like, raw TV's dead. Like I can't find anything. But there's so much choice in a time when there's so much choice. Um, I just finished Succession. That's probably why I feel this way because Succession was elite. Elite, top tier. Like really, really elite. So I'll say Succession. That was excellent TV. And um, what are you reading right now? Absolutely nothing, you know. Absolutely not. I am an uncultured swine in this moment. I've oh. not like, I've not opened a book in months and months. Actually... To be fair, I've been like skim-ish reading, what's the name of the book? It's one of these Robert Greene books. I'm a bit embarrassed because it sounds like, oh, what agenda do you have? But, <laughs> but Robert Greene, he's got the tips. I forget the name of the book, but it's a Robert Greene book. What are you listening to right now? Gospel music, oh, gospel playlist. I, I had a thing with like, listen to just mad ratchet like <laughs> female rap and I was like I don't think this is how I should be starting my mornings you know fuck a nigga and I suck yeah. and I take his money and I uh, suck the dick like that's not <laughs> 7 a.m vibes <laughs> I mean for some it works but yeah <laughs> yeah maybe in the gym but yeah it's so uh, just music that relaxes me yeah some Fred Hammond yeah yeah if you've got a song that is your go-to uplifting gospel track set the mood right whatever what's your go-to um oh do I have a go-to okay no set the mood there's a song by Shekinah Glory called say yes mm -hmm. 
I love that song. That song, that sets the mood. I'm like, oh, it's charged. The room is charged. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's the last thing you saw on stage? And that could be a play or a um, concert or something. Oh, the last thing I saw on stage was Beyonce. But I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to say the last, the last thing I saw on stage that blew me away was Kendrick Lamar. I just love that guy. I, okay. Why don't you want to talk about Beyonce? But number, <laughs> number two... 100% Kendrick Lamar, whatever he does, I'm just a fan. I love him. Honestly, absolute fan. Just an epic, epic, epic show. Probably the best concert I've ever been to. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but I'm a stan. Like, I'm a real big Kendrick fan. And what I really love about him is his stage presence is what fills up the room. Yeah. So I've seen him several times and he just gets better and better and better. But yes. I've seen him on stage where it's just him on stage and the room is like filled with an energy whereas other people need like 50 dancers strobe yeah. lights pyrotechnics all of that and he does it he's just incredible doesn't need all of that Beyonce was great too but <laughs> Beyonce was great too but Kendrick blew me away I, I I'm with you on that I loved his latest concerts amazing very impactful uh, what's on your bucket list <laughs> like to own a swimming pool <laughs> Is that the African living away from Africa thing? Because you know, like back home, the swimming pool is kind of comp. Like we can get a swimming pool. I mean, it's standard. <laughs> Honestly, I think it is 100%. 100%. Because I'm like, how can I be living life without a swimming pool and other people are enjoying like this? In fact, no, on the bucket list is a chef. I just, the Niger living, yeah, it's just different <laughs> because it's like you wake up and somebody's telling you, please, what do you want for breakfast? It's just, it's a life worth living. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ghanaian, it's like, Where's the house? Where's the house people, please? You know what I mean? Like, I've got nowhere to put a house person. They're but... working too hard. So I should work all day and then I should come back and I should cook. Ah. And then I should wash everything. And then I should... Oh my God. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. I, I'm with you on that. that should, that's definitely bucket list. <laughs> right, where's your happy place? I feel like my happy place are with people. Like my happy place is when I'm with my best friend. Yeah, or when I'm with my family. That's when I'd say I'm my happiest because I feel like I'm just having a great time and being my authentic self. Celebrate someone else. Who are you rating right now? Do you know what? I'm rating my best friend right now. Oh. Uh, her name's Abigail. She's oh, she's a multi-hyphenate also, actually. She's a director. She's a writer. She is a drama therapist and also a business owner. She just launched an app called Daya, D-E-Y-A, which is an app that connects Black creatives to be able to create work or be able to find work, basically brings people together. And I'm just really, really proud of her. Very lovely. Celebrate yourself. Make us proud of you. What you really like. You know what? This is why you should love me. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Someone said something really poignant to me, actually, last last week. I think it was last week. And it's, it's stuck with me till now. I don't know what possessed him to start bigging me up, but it was one of my producers I work with. And he was just saying like, oh, like Ray, you need to acknowledge what you've done. Obviously with the champion thing, like so, so sick, like, but you're doing something yet again, something new that hasn't been done. And for us to see like, a young black woman doing it in the music industry, in this industry is like amazing. And you're creating more opportunities for other young black women. And I think it's hard to see yourself as, I don't know, a pioneer or whatever, but he was basically saying that and that like when I came out in 2016, we had had such a long window of not seeing someone that looks like us as like a woman being given cosigns or limelight or whatever. And he was just saying like some of the new up and comers that he's working with that he knows that like, if I didn't come back around and, and 
get that spotlight they wouldn't have an opportunity to even be signed or do you know what I mean be getting sessions and that made me feel so accomplished you know at times you feel like I haven't done anything what have I done like so much more to be done and him saying that made me feel like bloody hell if if that's what I've accomplished I've done a lot and that made me feel really proud yeah and who's what steps are you following in um I'd say no one because I I like to create my own lane and not follow anyone else's career but recently I said I really admire Childish Gambino's career because he's a multi-hyphen and he's someone who he literally does what he likes so I'm trying to follow in his footsteps and I'm just like I'm just gonna do what I like I'm like yeah I can I can write what well, I'm writing a script I can rap I'm I'm releasing a rap album I I'm a comedian I'm now doing stand-up comedy <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah I love that and what's next for you I would say more more creative outlets in ways that maybe people didn't expect. Writing different things. I really, really, I love reading. I love writing. But like since graduating from doing an English degree, besides music, I just didn't write anything else for ages. And I'm like, why? That's something I really did. So yeah, writing, I'd say. Oh, and where can we find you? Where can we just get all the info and latest information about you? Oh, Wikipedia, babe. <laughs> you, haven't seen, you haven't seen much on my gram or Twitter, listen. But yeah, Twitter, R A Y B L K, with an underscore, actually. Instagram, Ray Black, R A Y B L K. Occasionally on TikTok now. I've joined the youths. <laughs> I know where I can watch Champion. I've only watched it. For those people who have lived under a rock and have decided they haven't watched Champion yet. <laughs> Where can I watch it? And then also where can I listen to all your great music? Yeah, please check out Champion if you haven't already. It's on BBC iPlayer, all episodes available. Coming to Netflix soon as well, for those of you who aren't paying your TV licence. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the music on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. But buy it. First of all, buy it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, hold on. Sorry. Season two of Champion, honey. Yeah, you know, what's her journey? I'm really excited to be honest for her journey and what's going to happen. I feel like at the end of the season, we saw her get her like redemption moment and finally, you know, her talent is being discovered. So I'm excited for that to explode and the drama behind her exploding. We are excited too. Ray Black, thank you, my dear. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Good luck with everything. We're looking forward to seeing more. Thank you. Thank you.